If you have your Bibles, uh, I want you to do this. Uh, go to 1 Samuel um, chapter 17. Just stay right there for a second just for me and Larry. Is that all right? Uh, um, I want to, uh, I was compelled yesterday. I want to start a series today. and I hadn't intended on signing. You say, Pastor, you're a big crybaby. I am. I love God. I don't care what you think. I love God. He messes me up all the time. Um, uh, but I, I, I was, I want to start this series called Frontline. Everyone say Frontline. The battle is not in the, in the back, but the, the battle's in the front. And I believe as the body of Christ, we are to be up in the front of the battle, not in the back of the battle. Amen. I believe the Lord goes before us, but I believe that God has positioned us and God has given us authority through his name. And, and, and so we got a lot we can stand on. First uh, Samuel chapter 17. This is this is a oh man. Most of you uh, know this uh, bit of scripture. And most of you have heard this in Sunday school or children's church. Probably one of the most taught Sunday school lessons of all time. David and Goliath. Right. And when you say 1 Samuel chapter 17, my ears perk up. I already know that's the story of David and Goliath. And, but I believe there's some truths in, in this bit of scripture that we can glean out of this scripture uh, to help us as the people of Christ not be people who fight from behind, but fight in the front lines. Amen. And so uh, 1 Samuel um, chapter 17 Verse 47, this is David speaking here, and, and I don't want to really focus on what he says at the beginning of this verse. It is important. We'll come back to it. But what I do want to focus on is this portion right here uh, where it says for, and it says this, for the battle is the, say it out loud, for the battle is the. Oh, when you're in the front line of the battle, you, what you have to know as a child of God, this is not your battle. It's his battle already. And he will give you into our hand. So verse 47 says this, and all that is in the assembly may know that the Lord saves not with sword and spear. How many know that the Lord doesn't need man's things to accomplish his goals? But he can do it the way he needs to, for the battle is the Lord's. Everyone look at your neighbor and say, for the battle is the Lord's. Amen. Let's pray. God, I pray today, Lord, that you would just use your, uh, uh, God, use, use me how you see fit today, God. I am just your vessel, God, nothing more. And God, I pray today, Lord, that your spirit would lead and guide us. God, I pray, Lord, that breakthrough would happen in some people's lives. God, I pray, Lord, that there would be a tenacity of the spirit of God in this house, Lord, that would give us the boldness and the strength, Lord, and the courage and the faith, Lord, to stand up to the enemy, God. God, the enemy has been wreaking havoc, God, on so many lives and so many things. Today, Lord, we stand with you, God. You are enough. It's what we're just saying. You are enough, God. So we stand next to you, God, knowing that you will accomplish and do what you said you would do. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, amen, amen. 
Um, so I want to talk to you about this, the front line. And thank you, Larry. Thank you. Come on, let's give all our musicians a hand. They did a good job today. Our worship team. Phenomenal job today. I, um, you know, I want to talk to you about the front line. And I want to talk to you specifically about keeping the faith. It's, a, um, it, it's no secret, okay? It's no secret that the most dangerous place in any battle is what? The front line, where the battle is, where the fight is. Matter of fact, when I played football, I never was uh, an offensive or a defensive lineman, but but coaches would always say, that's where the battle is won, right there on, on the line of scrimmage, right there, the front line where the collision happens, where two powers or maybe three powers, they collide in conflict. Um, World War One. Uh, was where, uh, where trench warfare had come to one of its highest points uh, in, in our known modern history. And oftentimes, they would build these trenches and these networks of trenches, and the enemy would be about 50 yards away in another trench over there. And the process of that frontline battle was slow, and it took a lot of time sometimes to gain just a little bit of ground. And, and But this is what we have to know. The front line is where the fighting is. It's where it is, all right? And, and, and oftentimes, that's where the most casualties happen, right? Or on the front lines at, at times. So uh, um, uh, spiritually speaking, uh, we as believers often want to retreat from the front lines. It's a little bit much to be up here on the front line. So I, I feel like I need to step back. I need to, I feel like I need to let some other people go up there and be on the front lines. Can I tell you today that God has called you to be on the front lines? All right. God has called you to be on the front lines. I'm now, I'm talking spiritually speaking here. I'm not talking physically. Um, but God did not call us as believers and Christians just to sit, sit back and stay out of the fight. All right? Spiritually speaking here, God did not call you to sit back and stay out of the fight. Oh, man, some of us say this, let it be someone else's problem. Sometimes, as the people of God, we have to fight this good fight, spiritually speaking. I, and I think the church at times has become weak in our efforts uh, fighting the good fight. First Timothy 6, 12, Paul says this to Timothy. He says, fight the good fight of faith. You know that transcends to you today? That's not just written for Timothy. That's for you today. Fight the good fight of faith and what happens is to in order to be, to fight the good fight of faith you got to put yourself on the front lines to fight amen and so it's important i remember in high school there was this girl that i i liked and uh and and, and we used to have this thing at, at lunchtime we had an open campus where we could could leave how many know what i'm talking about and that this generation new generation don't really know that much but i used to we used to be able to walk off the school campus i didn't have my license but i could walk to little restaurants that were a couple of blocks away we had a short amount of time and i'll never forget this girl that i liked um she was she told me before lunch one day she said i want to go to this place for lunch and i was like okay and i thought oh man i'm going to have a date with this girl or this is all going to be great she goes because there's supposed to be a fight at this at this particular restaurant and I thought and I said listen 
I told her, I said, listen, you do not want to go watch this fight. She said, no, I do. I want to watch this fight. I said, I promise you, you do not want to go watch this fight. What? She said, Pastor, are you afraid to fight? No. No, I'm not afraid to fight, but I've seen some pretty bad fights in my days. Okay? And I remember we went across the street at lunchtime, and we're over there, and there's, oh, you know how word gets around high school, and there's probably 100, 100 students sitting there waiting. And this girl's sitting there, and this girl comes across the street, and I kid you not, she does this. She grabbing her earrings out, and she has just got that 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 swagger like she's coming. Across. And these girls collide right on the sidewalk, and they start fighting. And while I mean, while all this is going, this is your pastor over here ordering. I'll take a cheeseburger, and I'll take a, a, a French fry and a soda, and 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 this fight's going on behind me. I turn around and look, and this girl's got one girl by the hair, and she's like busting her head on the concrete, and I'm just sitting there going, "My goodness, I just want my cheeseburger." And then and then the the, the cops I hear the cops coming and everybody runs you know and 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 the little girl that that went with me over there she she uh she looked at me and she was crying she goes she was really hurting her and I said what did you expect you said you wanted to go to a fight here you go that's why I don't know what you were expecting I just wanted to have lunch but Ephesians 6 12 and 13 says this. Ah, I love this bit of scripture. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood. Listen, it's not a, a fight against man versus man. Listen, our fight is against the devil. Our fight is against the devil. I'm going to look at your neighbor and say, our fight is against the devil. But against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God. Everyone say, the whole armor of God. That you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand. I don't know about you, but Paul's saying something there. You got to get on the front line and put the armor on and stand and say, devil, I'm not taking it no more. Some of you need to get the spirit of Popeye. I've had enough and I can't take no more. This verse tells me that, that my adversary is the devil. The battle that I'm walking in is, is one that is spiritual in nature, not necessarily physical. And, and, and we're to be in the fight, on the front line, not in the back. Everyone say, not in the back. All right, all right. And some of us want, want God to change our situation, but we're not even close to the front of the fight. God help me, God help me, but, but we're not in the front of the fight. So, let, so let's talk about one of, the, what the, one of the best Sunday school stories that we can glean from, which is David being on the front line in the battle. And if we are to remain in the front line, listen, we cannot settle. Here's number one right here, point number one. You can't settle for a stalemate. What is a stalemate? I was, I was telling my wife a little bit about this last night. She said, what in the world is a stalemate? And I said, you know what a stalemate is. And she said, no, I don't. You know one of the things, I'll explain it to you like this. It's when you have two opposing sides and neither one is winning and neither one is losing and it's just there. Right? And, and, and we're not designed. I am too competitive for a stalemate. Listen, the, the worst thing that the NFL did was make it where teams could tie. Boy, I heard, I heard, boy, that was a resounding amen in this house. 
because there's no winner and there's no loser. You get a half win and a half loss there. Listen, there ought to be a winner and a loser. Can I tell you something? There is a winner, and that winner is Jesus Christ. Listen, you are a winner because you have Jesus Christ in you. So don't settle for stalemate. Look at this, 1 Samuel chapter 17, verses 1 through 3. It says this. It says, now the Philistines gathered their armies for battle, and they were gathered at, uh, at Soko, which belongs to who? So if the Philistines were already in territory that was not theirs. They were in Israelite territory and encamped between Soko and Azekah in Ephesus uh, uh, Demim. Verse 2, and Saul and the men of Israel were gathered and encamped in the valley of Elah and drew up in the battle against the Philistines. Verse 3, look at this. I want you to notice something about this, this little bit of a battle. And the Philistines stood on the mountain on the one side, and the Israel stood on the mountain on the other side with a valley in between them. So they're both standing their ground. But this is, you know, it's interesting because uh, for 40 days, 40 days, the Philistines sent out their warrior, who is Goliath. Everyone say Goliath. All right. I wish Tyler Cal. Oh, there he is. He's right there. Oh, Tyler Calver, stand up. Stand up. Listen, if there's anyone that looks like Goliath in this house, it's right there. All right. You can sit, you can sit down. <laughs> but there, every day they would send out Goliath. The Philistines would send out Goliath there in the valley. And he would, every morning and every evening, he would taunt the warriors of Israel, come on out. Let's fight. Let's go. Bring it on. Now, Scripture tells us that 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 Goliath was was six cubits, uh, cubits, and 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 that's about eighteen inches. And he had uh, uh, six cubits and a span. I, a span is like I guess this. I was I was kind of trying to research that, so we can kind of conclude. We don't know exactly how tall Goliath was, but we could conclude that he was about nine foot, give or take nine foot six inches. How many know that that is tall? When I hug Tyler, I am hugging his belly button. It's true. <laughs> but Goliath's even taller, and he's intimidating. Can I tell you something? If we, if we magnify the enemy, he'll seem bigger than what he is. Oh, man, come on. But this is what we know about Goliath. His coat of mail or this, this like, T-shirt made of metal of bronze that Goliath wore. Many scholars believe it weighed anywhere from 150 to 200 pounds. How many know that's a heavy shirt? And so he would wear that, and, and, and his helmet weighed about 30 pounds. That's, that's a heavy helmet right there to be wearing. So this guy's already added 280 pounds. And, and, and the Scripture says that his spear weighed, uh, it says so many shekels, but 25 pounds was the end of his spear was what the metal portion of his spear weighed. How many know that that's heavy? The shot put is 16 pounds. So imagine that, nine more pounds, and this guy's a big guy, and he could, he could thrust and throw this spear. So he's a, he's a strong guy. He's loud, and he's a trained warrior, and he's intimidating to say the least. And listen, if you, if you look at the name Goliath, and we do a lot of, lot of word searches and a lot of uh, understanding, but Goliath's name literally means to strip. And, and what the adversary wants to do is to strip your joy, is to strip your peace, is to discourage 
reward you, to make you quit. He wants to take what God has given you and steal it and strip it from you. And that's what Goliath did for 40 days. He sat out there and taunted the people of Israel. And 40 being this, the number of testing. The number 40 in, in Scripture, when you see it, is the number of testing. See, the children of Israel were in the wilderness for how many years? 40 years being tested out there in the wilderness. Jesus was in the wilderness fasting for how many days? Oh, come on now. Come on, somebody. Being tempted and tested. Listen, if you feel like you're in a wilderness season, a 40-day wilderness season, can I tell you something? You don't have to submit to what the devil's doing. Jesus has given. He told us there. He gave us a perfect example. You know how you beat the devil? With the word of God. Three times. Three times the enemy came, and Jesus said this. It is written. It is written. It is written. You know what he told the devil? You are a big, fat liar, pants on fire. And sometimes you're in the battle and it seems like a long test and it feels like a stalemate. Anybody ever been there? No winner and you feel like, God, I feel like I'm not making any ground. I feel like I'm not, not doing anything. And here's the thing. The enemy doesn't have to defeat you, but the enemy can get you in a stalemate to keep you from gaining ground. And you'll never win the battle not gaining ground. Or even if you're not in the fight... So notice this, the Philistines were in, in Soko, which belonged to Judah of Israel. And the enemy, one of the first things the enemy wants to do is to come in and set up camp in your territory. You know why? Because that's, that's a way of him showing, hey, I, I, uh, I've got more power than you. I, I, I'm here in this area. I have claimed this territory. And for 40 days there, they struggled. The Philistines said, hey, Israel, listen, I don't know who you think you are. We're right here in your land right here. And we're not moving. And you're not moving. And that's okay. Well, you say, well, pastor, you don't know my fight. And you're right. I don't. But I know this, if you keep listening to the roar of the enemy and Goliath, he will strip you from victory because you are afraid to get in the fight. I need some help today, amen? The devil wants nothing more than to stop your prayer life. I'm going to pray. I promise tomorrow I'm going to pray. Oh, don't, don't just wait and watch. The devil will send someone to send a phone call about the time that you were going to pray, right? Come on now. Oh, he wants, to, he wants to discourage you from the house of God. Those people don't love you down there. Oh, that's a lie. Oh, they, they, they don't want you down there. That's a lie. The enemy will speak those things and he'll strip you of joy. And he wants to keep you in a stalemate. See, see, you gotta. I, I love this because David, here he is, and his dad sends him, and he's just a shepherd boy. His older, his older brothers are there on the front line, and his dad says, hey, will you go and, and take some supplies to your brother? Take this bread to your brother. Take this cheese to the captain because kind of a bribery so we can take care of my, my sons a little bit. And so basically he is, he is the first Uber driver. He's taking food to the front line of the battle. And so he is going there. He's taking a pizza, an unmade pizza right there, cheese and bread. And so he's going there to the front line battle to take these things. And when David gets to the battle and he sees Goliath taunting and, and, and calling out and cursing God, he gets a little bit indignant on what's happening. I don't know about you. He sees the stalemate, and he's like, what is going on here, guys? 
do you hear what he's saying? And they're like, yeah, we hear what he's saying. And I love David's response. And he's like this. Who does that guy think he is? Who does that guy think he is? Cursing Israel and cursing God right in this moment. And some of us need to get our mind made up and and look at the devil and say, who do you think you are? Your lies? No, not, but the, what the word of God says about me matters more than what you're saying about me. Oh, but here's the thing. They, they, they were listening to the roar of the lion. And, and, and he's saying, David's saying this. He, he's talking about my God that way? No. No, you're not. That's not right. You can't do that. I'm not going to stand for it. I'm not going to let you. This is our land. This isn't his land. What are you guys doing? Sometimes we need that wake-up call. And this is what I say. This is what my hope is today. That the spirit and the boldness of David would rise up in you. Would rise up in this house. That we would be able to speak to the enemy and tell the enemy what he is. And call him out for the lies that he tells right then and there. See, you say this. You know, oftentimes we, we can say this. What if we said, uh, what if we said this about our kids? Maybe your kids are, 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 are going down a bad path. But what if we told the devil, these are not your kids. These are God's kids. What if, what if uh, in your marriage you're struggling? What if you said, hey, devil, get your hands off of what doesn't belong to you. This was a covenant between me and my partner and God, and you are not allowed here. Come on now. What if you said, hey, this is my future. This is my health. This is my home. Devil, get out. Enough is enough. Why are we just standing here in a stalemate? As in the words of the great philosopher in the minds of twisted sisters. No, we're not going to take it. That's where we see David in that moment. I'm done. I can't stand that this is a stalemate. Why have we been sitting here for 40 days? Why aren't you guys doing anything? Why aren't you moving? Why are you letting him mock mock God? Why are you letting them take territory that is not theirs? Will somebody stand? Amen? Here's the second thing right here. This is what David does. And if we're going to to be on the front line of the enemy, you got to do this. Everyone say, remember. Some of us, that's harder than others. Remember the goodness of God. Look at this, 1 Samuel, verse 17, 33. And David, he says this. He says, I, I'll get to this. I'm going to paraphrase up to this because there's a lot in this, in this per- bit of Scripture here. But David, he's there, and, and he's like, he's upset. And he's like, well, why are you guys letting him talk to him? And David's older brother says, hey, listen, you go back and watch your sheep. You're in a place you don't know what you're talking about. And he's, he's, he's talking down to his little brother there. And he's saying, you aren't allowed to. And I love David's response. It's like, okay, I don't care if you're listening to me or not. I'm going to turn my ear this way. And he begins to speak. And, and, and Saul hears. And he begins to say these things right here. And he says, and, uh, and it says this. And Saul said to David, you are not able to go against the Philistine to fight with him. For you are but a youth. Everyone say, but a youth. 
And he has been a man of war from his youth. But David said to Saul, your servant used to keep sheep for his father. <laughs> He's talking to the third person. Your servant used to keep sheep for, the, for his father. And when, the, when there came a lion or a bear and, and took a lamb from the flock, I went after him and, and struck him and delivered it out of his mouth. And if he arose against me, I caught him by his uh, beard and struck him and killed him. Your servant has struck down both lions and bears, and this uncircumcised Philistine shall be like one of them. He's calling him out already. Listen, I'm remembering where I came from. Look at this. For he has defiled the armies of the living God, and I'm not going to take it. Verse 37, and David said, The Lord who delivered me from the paw of the lion. Hmm. And from the paw of the bear will deliver me from the hand of the Philistine. Somebody needs to hear that today. Somebody needs to remember that today. And Saul said to David, go and the Lord be with you. See, see, I love this. David, he's, he's drawing from his past experiences. He's remembering. How many can say, hey, pastor, I've been through some things. I've been through some trials. And God kept me then, so I know that God will keep me now. I know it was dark then, but God brought me out. Who could say that today? I love that song that we sing. All my life, you've been faithful. And all my life, you've been what? You've got to remember that. That's what David's doing. He's calling to his memory. God sustained me then, and I killed a lion, and God sustained me then, and I killed a bear, and I'm not going to put up with this punk. I don't care how big he is. I like David's response. I, uh, Saul, I, I know your faith is weak, but my faith is strengthened because, because I remember how God has kept me and God has sustained me. Number one, he's defying the armies of Almighty God. David, he's looking back at his past experiences. I want you to close your eyes for a moment. I want you to think about, I know there's some seasoned saints in here, but I want you to think about some things that God has brought you out of. Maybe God healed you of cancer. How many know God as a healer? Come on, raise your hand. Maybe God has, has set you free from some things. How many would raise your hand and say, God has set me free from some things? Amen. How many would say, hey, God brought me out. God saved my children when they were on a bad path. How many would raise their hand and say, God has done it. If he's did it before, he'll do it again. Amen. Oh. Maybe you're here today. Look at me. Maybe you're here today and you say, I'm, I'm weary. I'm, uh, the battle's been, I just, I feel so war, war torn and I, I feel like quitting. And you know what you got to do? You got to be like David. Go back over your life and say, God, you did it then. Why, why, why can't you do it now? If God saved you, he can save your family. Amen. If God set you free from drugs, he can set your kids free from drugs. Amen. If God sustained you in crazy times, he can do it again. If God healed your mom and dad, he can heal you. David saw victory over a lion, a bear, and his faith. It was his faith that defeated the enemy. And he wasn't going to let the enemy paralyze him in fear on the front line. I, I don't care what the enemy's saying. I don't care what kind of... I, he, can, he can jab his jaws all day long. Listen, I'm not going to sit over here and let him do that. 
See, he didn't see what everyone else saw, an invincible giant. But, but he saw an opportunity for God to show his strong hand in battle in that moment. Everyone else is like, I'm scared. This guy's a big guy. This guy, he, he, he's intimidating. And David says, no, nah, I see opportunity. I see that God can give us the victory. I see that God can give us the breakthrough. Amen? When you don't know what else to do, start remembering what the Lord has done in your life. And listen to me, if he did it once, he can do it again. Amen? Psalm 77, 11 says this. I will remember the deeds of the Lord. You ought to write that on your refrigerator. I will remember the deeds of the Lord. Why? Because when I go back and I remember, it charges my faith because I see and I remember how good God is. And it says this, yes, I will remember your wonders of old. Psalms 97, 12 says this, rejoice in the Lord, O you righteous, and give thanks to his holy name. Come on. I don't think we'd be out of order if we lift our hands right now and just begin to give God thanks in this house. Come on. If you're in the middle of the battle, you ought to give him praise right now. Say, hey, God, hey, God, I thank you for bringing me. God, I remember when you brought me out. God, I remember when you saved me. God, I remember when you healed me. God, in this moment, and I know you can do it again again the paw of the lion didn't finish him off the paw of the bear didn't swipe him out the hand of Goliath won't strip won't strip his faith and and paralyze you in fear everyone say remember number three right here and I'm going to ask the worship team to come listen to me (laughs) I love this one right here the battle is the Lord's when I'm talking about getting to the front line, you got to remember who has won the battle, who is leading the battle. The battle is the Lord's. 1 Samuel 17, 38 through 40 says this. Then Saul clothed David with armor. He put a helmet of, of bronze on his head and clothed him with the coat of mail. And David strapped his sword over his armor, and he tried in vain to go, for he had not tested them. So what happens here, he, he, and Saul is a tall guy. Saul, as a matter of fact, it says in Scripture in, in, in 1 Samuel 10, 23, that Saul was head and shoulders above everyone else in Israel. So he, by default, should have been the guy going out to fight Goliath because he was the tallest guy in Israel. Oh, come on, somebody. But there he is. He, he is. he is walking in fear. And so I think out of a little bit, I'm feeling bad that I'm sending this young kid out there. I'm going to give him my armor. And maybe, just maybe, he'll sustain just a little bit longer. But Saul was tall and big. And David, David was small and ruddy and just not a big character. And when he put the armor on, it did not fit. We know this, right? We've, we've heard this in, in, in Scripture and we've heard this in Sunday school. And so listen, uh, here's what I know. I can't put... The, uh, someone else's anointing on me. It's not designed for me. Listen to me, young people. You cannot walk in your parents' anointing or your parents' calling. You've got to get your own armor. You've got to get equipped with what God has given you. Some of you say, hey, if this person can pray for me, if this person can pray for me, listen to me. God has given you your own armor. One of my biggest failures Uh, When I was younger was to try to put on someone else's armor and God showed me something I can't fight very good in someone else's armor Because I'm not designed for it, but this is what I know Before God sends you out to battle. He sizes you up and says here's what you need You'll be swift. You don't need bigger. You need smaller because you'll be swift in battle. You'll be fast in battle Scripture says this Then David said to Saul, 
I can't go with these for I have not tested them. So David put them off. And then he took his staff in his hand. I love David. And he went, chose five smooth stones from the brook and put them in the shepherd's pouch. His sling was in his hand and he approached the Philistine. I, I, I love that bit of scripture. Five smooth stones and a sling. Not armor, five smooth stones and a, and a sling. You say, hey, pastor, I, I don't have much. Little is much when God is in it. I don't have much. Little is much when God is in it. My prayer life's not. Little is much when God is in it. David, he steps out. And what I can tell you this, if you're faithful with what God has put in your hand, God will magnify it. God will use it. It's amazing to me. I love, I love this bit of scripture. Say, I, I don't have much. You have prayer. One of the greatest weapons we have, and Sula talked about it, is our worship. And I think sometimes in our worship, we're in the back of the battle instead of in the front of the battle, leading and charging. Our prayer, our worship, the Word of God, these are things that will build up your faith for the front line. That will help you, that will lead and guide you. Look at this. I... Uh, um, five stones, five, five in the Bible, five in the Bible represents this, hmm, the number of grace. Listen to me, you cannot, the battle is the Lord's, you cannot go into battle without God's grace. You can't get in the front line without God's favor over your life. See, it's by God's grace that we can even go into the battle. And, and, and it's in his strength that we can even take on the enemy. Matter of fact, Zechariah 4, 6 says this. It's not by might, not by power, but by your spirit, says the Lord. By my spirit, says the Lord. Grace, unmerited favor from God. Getting what getting what you what you don't deserve here I, I'm, I'm gonna freely give this to you God gives us grace amen it's by grace that we're saved nothing else God will simply take what's in your hand by the grace of God he'll magnify it and he will give you victory amen look at this Goliath he mocks David in verse 43 and says this when he sees David come out he says am I a dog he says, am I a dog that you guys would, would send sticks out here? You want me to play fetch with this, this little kid? Am I a dog? It's, he's, he's mocking him and he's making fun of him. He says this, I, and he tells David, I am going to kill you and I'm going to feed you to the birds of the air. That's what I'm going to do to you. How many know that the enemy has a loud roar? And this is what I know. When you are close to breakthrough, listen to me. Some of you need to hear this. When you are close to breakthrough, the enemy gets louder and louder and louder and louder because he's getting scareder and scareder and scareder because you're walking in the boldness of the Holy Spirit and through the Spirit of God and the Word of God and what you know in your heart. And you're speaking to the lies of the enemy. And the only thing the enemy knows how to do is get louder and louder and try to be more intimidating. See, Peter would say it like this. He is like a roaring lion. 
But here's what I know about a roaring lion. It's the oldest lion of them all. And all he's got left is his roar. Most of the time, their teeth have fallen out. And let me tell you something. The devil lost his bite at Calvary. He's already lost. He has already lost. Listen to me. 1 Samuel 17, 45-49. Then David said to the Philistine, You come to me with the sword and with the spear and with the javelin. But listen to me. I come to you in the name of the Lord. Some of you need to speak the name of the Lord over your situation, over your children, over your life. Jesus is enough. The Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, when you have... That, that, that whom you have defiled. Verse 46, Then the day of the Lord will deliver you into my hand, and I will strike you down, and I will cut off your head, and I will give you the dead bodies of the host of the Philistines this day to the birds of the air and in the wild beasts of the earth, and that all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel. This is his battle, not mine. And I like it. He says it, verse 47, he says it out loud. And that all of this assembly may know that the Lord saves, not with sword, not with spear, for the battle is the Lord's, and he will give you into my hand. Come on now. One stone, one sling, and the giant fell. That which was stripping the joy of Israel, the peace of Israel, and keeping them in a stalemate fell that day. David saw Goliath not as a threat too big to hit, but a target too big to miss. And some of you need to look at the devil and say, hey, hey, I'm not intimidated by you. You're big, but listen, the bigger you are, the harder you fall because Christ has already defeated you. Hear me out. Hear me out, devil. The battle is the Lord's. Everyone say, the battle is the Lord's. He's going to get the victory. I won't say it. It's only by his grace that I'm standing here and will be standing here. In faith, he claims, hey, I'm going to chop off your head. He doesn't even have a sword. I'm going to take my sling. No, no, he knew what was going to happen. Goliath fell and Israel got the victory. Listen to me. So I wrap up, you're real here. Maybe you're here today will you just will you just bow your heads i i feel in this moment just just god just stirring in this house some of you have been going through some battles listen i i am angry at the devil today i am angry at the devil he has a big mouth and it's time that he needs to shut it you're here and you say hey pastor i've been going through a battle i've been in a stalemate i've been in a stalemate or i i've retreated off the front lines and and i felt like felt like quitting and and I'm tired and I'm weary and I feel like giving up but today I I, I hear you I hear you I hear you and I forgot to remember the things that God had done to encourage my faith for some reason I've been carrying this battle instead of telling myself that it was the Lord's if you're here and you're fighting that in your life right now would you just do this would you just stand Will you just stand? Come on. Come on. Come on. Just stand. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for standing in this house. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Come on. There are some that are fighting today. 
can I just share this with you? The, the devil is a roaring lion. He took what wasn't his. Listen to me. Just stand with me just a moment if you can. Okay. He took what, was, what wasn't his. Listen, when Adam and Eve fell, God had perfect communion with mankind. When Adam and Eve fell, the enemy came in, told a lie, and he took what wasn't his. He, there was a separation between God and man. He took what wasn't his. There was a, a stalemate because of Adam's disobedience. And this is what you hear today. You say, the devil tells you, he yells at you. He says, guilt, and, and you're terrible. You're a sinner, and you failed, and you've made mistakes. You'll never, you'll never overcome. Your kids will never get right. You'll never amount to anything. Stop. Listen to the lies of the enemy. Look at this. Then Jesus came, the greater David, the Son of God came in. And you know what he did? He struck the enemy once and for all at Calvary. When he went to Calvary, he died. He went down into the grave and he was resurrected. Listen, and you are an overcomer by what Christ did on the cross today. Listen to me. Let me speak to your situation. You are an overcomer by what Christ did on the cross. The battle is the Lord's. Because he has already won it. This is what I want you to do. If, if, if you'll just stretch your hands towards those standing today. Thank you for your faith. Thank you for standing today. I, I speak life into your situation. I speak deliverance into your situation. Some of you are fighting some hard battles right now. Some of you are weary. I pray that you will rise up as eagle's wings. I say in this season that God would turn things around. I pray that God would give you boldness to stand, to talk to the devil, because he has given you authority in Jesus' name through the cross of Calvary. God, I pray right now, God, that, that the overcoming spirit of the power of Christ would compel, God, enemies to run. God, you made a show. God, you made a show, God, of principalities. You opened it, God. You make a show of those things. And I say right now, in the name of Jesus, be free. In the name of Jesus, be free. Some of you are walking on a line of addiction. In the name of Jesus, be free. We thank you, Jesus. Come on. Can you stand to your feet? Can you stand to your feet? Can we just begin to just worship the Lord? Can we just begin to worship the Lord right now? Can we just let our war cry go forth? Can we come to the front lines today and just begin to worship, begin to praise his name, begin to tell the enemy back up? Hey, we're taking ground. No more stalemate. I'm putting one foot in front of another. You better back up, devil. You better back up, devil. Come on. Can you lift your hands? Begin to worship. Begin to shout. Begin to shout with the voice of triumph. Begin to shout with the voice of triumph. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. We worship you. 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 Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus.
Come on, I'm, I'm going to leave these altars open right now. Listen, if you, if you want to come up here, listen. Say, hey, I want to take a step up.